You look like a big snowdrop this morning. <laughs> I said, that's right. Made pure and white in the blood of the Lamb. Looked at 70 and his wife about 70-something. And I thought, what are you old folks waiting out here for this morning anyhow? I thought, just waiting for the boat to come along. That's all. Cross over the river. What a wonderful time. And he said, I can't sing you a song, but I want to quote you one. I said, Brother Kid, I want you to quote that for me at the platform at the Chautauqua. I see them all look around. Will he be at the Chautauqua? Well, he's going to be there. Here he is sitting here tonight. Been in a meeting every night. So we're so thankful for that. Thank the good Lord. So many things has been said and done till it take me hours. Now, I know you nearly freeze out there. I'm going to tell you, she's not here tonight, my wife. She said, Bill, you're freezing them people to bed. <laughs> so they're wrapped up out there in blankets, some of them over their head, and there are some of them not even a sweater on. Some of the people come didn't expect it and said, you just keep on preaching. I said, I guess as long as they sit there, I'll keep on going. <laughs> so, well, I believe I'd rather have a little cold than I would a little too hot. So we're thankful for what the Lord sends, whatever it is. Now, to pray for the sick, I'm going to try tonight to go back and call a few of the people and put the old ministry of the discernment, if the Lord will. I don't know that he will. If he doesn't, then we'll take right on through the line. Then tomorrow night, we're going to change the thing, see? And I'm going to try to pray for the sick in a different way tomorrow night, the Lord willing. Now tonight... Let us turn in our Bibles now. You just keeping the text down just for a few moments because we've got a prayer line and we want to... Uh, Billy told me on the road out that he give out a uh, hundred cards, I think, this afternoon. <clears throat> we couldn't take them all through a discernment line, but we'll take a few of them. And then tomorrow night, start along on something else. I believe it'll be much better. <clears throat> Matthew 14. <clears throat> Let's begin at the 22nd verse. <clears throat> and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitude away. And we had set the multitude away. He went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But Jesus Straight, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of a good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. It must have been just about sundown. It had been an awful day. Some great things had happened. They had seen something happen that had never happened before in all the history of the world. And usually when Jesus is around, you see things happen. It's strange, odd. The big fisherman was putting his big brawny muscles to the 
little ship as he was pushed it off the shore. The people had gathered up around the bank and were waving goodbye. As he pushed the boat, the bow out, got it turned around, waved back to all the people on the bank. And I can just see him walk up and take his seat by the side of Andrew, his brother, pick up the oar and start studily with the rest of the brethren, pulling the little ship as they started to cross the lake. Every once in a while they would raise up, wave to the people as they were praising God and waving goodbye to them as they had just received orders from Jesus to cross over the lake. He would come later. And he'd gone up into a mountain to pray alone. Then there must have been a long silence. Everybody after the last farewell was said, there must have been a silence for a little while. No one said nothing. As each man bending his back to the oars and pulling the little ship as it crossed on the calm sea just as the sun goes down. Everything seems to be peaceful and quiet. It's the day is finished. Did you ever notice when the wind's blowing real hard? It'll usually stop just about time sun sets. Strange how things like that happens. In the mountains when you're hunting, no matter which way the wind's coming, it'll come right down the mountain just as day, uh, day breaks. Come right down the mountain. No matter if the wind's coming right up the mountain, it'll change and come right down. One day starts breaking. You like to watch things in nature? That's where you find God. He's just all around you everywhere. Watch him in nature. Lord willing, before I leave, I want to preach on God in his nature. Then we uh, find, after a long silence and the little sea calm and the little boat moving along rapidly as it crossed the, the sea, it must have been the young John. He was the youngest of the disciples and more or less, I guess, the talking kind. Must have let up on his oar to coast just a moment and said something like this. Brethren, I am more convinced now than ever in my life that we're not following some kind of fanatic. I'm more convinced than ever that he is just what he says he is. Because today, when he was standing breaking that bread and feeding that 5,000, did you notice the look on his face? How stern, how he looked like Jehovah standing there. And he was Jehovah standing there breaking that bread and feeding out to 5,000. Here's what come on my heart, brethren. I can call back the stories when I was just a little boy. My mother reading out of the scriptures the sacred word. And she read when our ancient people come into this land that the great Jehovah God, for the space of 40 years, made bread up in heaven every night and rained it out on the ground for the people. And when I was looking at him today, taking a piece of bread and breaking it and hand it out to us, every time I reached my hand, I trembled. 
For I look and no sooner than he had broke a piece off, another piece had grown on just like it. Where was he getting that cooked bread? And when he had break a fish, I noticed a piece of fish, not raw fish, cooked fish and seasoned fish. Done grown on. By the time he could reach his hand back and get another piece of fish. He must have some connection somewhere with Jehovah. Must be somewhere around him or in him. For no one could do that unless God was with him. And this man that the people thinks is a fanatic, I'm more convinced than ever that he is Jehovah's son or he could not do those things because he's doing the very same things that Jehovah done. And can you remember him saying too that if I do not the works of my father, then believe me not. That's how a man is vindicated. That's how a Christian is known. Is by the life you live and the works that you do. Someone said to me, I believe it was last evening, he said, Brother Branham, where does this come from? How are you able to go meeting after meeting, staying under the anointing, and even one sign made Jesus weak when the woman touched his garment? said, I see you stand for hour under that. I said, I'd like to tell you, Here's where it lays. You don't want me to say this, but my brother sitting here, Gene Gold, that boy don't touch bread or water for days, fasting and praying. Here sits Pat Tyler, this other brother sitting here by him. Them men lay on their faces without food and water when I'm in a meeting praying for me. That's where it comes from. If there wasn't something like that, I'd go down. That's the man behind the curtain. The man who prays for strength, for a message, that they lay down everything. Maybe they haven't got the gifts to do those things, but they're putting every effort they can to support it. And the only way they can do it, they know, is prayer before God and fasting. That's where power lays. Let someone pray for you. I could hear John say, when I looked upon his face, it seemed to be the very look of Jehovah. And I'm sure that he is connected with God or because he does the same kind of works. Tell me whenever bread was ever created outside of the hand of God. So it must be Jehovah. Then it must have been the big fisherman, Peter, who liked to talk anyhow. I just shook his head and said, You know, when Andrew, here, my beloved brother, who's been a partner and fisher with me here on the sea for many years, when he attended that wild man's meeting, they call him John, dressed with a piece of sheepskin wrapped around him, and he'd come tell me that this prophet spoke of a coming Messiah that was to be at hand. One day he ran in frantically and said, Simon, today it happened. What happened? I said to him. He's come. Jesus of Nazareth 
the Messiah of God. Oh, now, wait a minute. Andrew, what's this preacher got you all stirred up about? I was standing at the river when I seen a young man walking down to the bank in his thirties and walked out into the river and was baptized by John. And when he come up out of the water, I saw a light like a star coming down from the heavens. It looked to me like that same pillar of fire that our people followed through the wilderness of this land. And when it come close to him, it tucked like wings like a dove. And it settled up on him, and a voice came out of that pillar of fire saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. Oh, I'll never forget it, Andrew. And he put his arm around him, pulled him over to him. And then I went with him, and I thought, I'll see this most unusual man. That must be an extraordinary character because I know that my brother here is not a fanatic by long ways. He saw something in that man that was different or he wouldn't be excited like that. So I remember on the days on the lake here was my old Pharisee father before he died. And all the brothers must have pulled their oars up to listen to what he was saying. I remember my old Pharisee father said to me when we were fishing together, he said, Son, Simon, I don't suppose I'll see the coming Messiah. I'm getting old and my days are few. But I've raised you up to look for him. Now let me teach you, son, so that you'll be sure you'll know who this Messiah is. Because there will be many false ones rise. There will be many great things happen just before this real Messiah comes. But there will be a real Messiah sign with him. And here's a sign that you'll know him, whether he's real or not. He'll be a prophet, a God prophet. He'll be more than a prophet, he'll be God. But he'll be a prophet too. For the scripture says, what we go by, Simon... That Moses said, The Lord our God will raise up from among us a prophet like unto him. Amen. And he will be the gathering of the people now. Amen. And when you see the Messiah coming, the sign that he is the Messiah, he'll be a prophet. And you look for him for, for 400 years now. We've had no prophets since Malachi. I believe that the next sign of prophet that's showing will be the Messiah. And you watch it, son. And you know when I went with Andrew, that kept repeating over in my heart. Watch this Messiah and see if that is the one that Moses spoke of. He'll be a God prophet. And I'll know him by that. And he said, brethren, when I walked up in the presence of Jesus of Nazareth, he looked into my face for the first time in his life. And said, your name is Simon. I knew that was the Messiah. Not only that, but he knew that godly old father of mine. He said, you are the son of Jonas. That settled it for me, John. Before he ever broke the bread or anything, that settled it for me. I knowed he was the Messiah. Because he gave the sign of the Messiah. And it must have been about that time that 
perhaps Philip, when he said, I followed him one day. I went to his house. I heard him speak. I heard what he said to Simon. I, I took off. You ought to have seen the face of my friend that I went to get, Nathaniel. I know Nathaniel was a good man. He was a religious man, not a doubter, but he wanted to be sure. And I told him, come see who we have found, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, the Messiah who we're looking for. And Brother Nathaniel said to me, could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, come see. Come find out. Come look it over for yourself. And along the road I told Brother Nathaniel, and he might have stopped oaring and said, Nathaniel, remember that? Very well, Brother Philip, I remembered. And I told him that this Messiah had given a sign of a Messiah, that he had told Simon who he was and what his name was and what his father's name was. I told Nathaniel wouldn't surprise me but what he told him who he was. He said, I'll wait and pass my own judgment. And when he come into the presence of the Lord Jesus, Jesus looked at him in the face and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Brethren, you should have seen the look on his face. All doubts had scattered. And he spoke out quickly and said, Rabbi, when did you ever know me? This is our first time meeting. He said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. Nathaniel raised up and said, That settled it for me. I called out and said, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. For I knew that that, I learned it in the Scripture. I knew that that Messiah would be a God prophet, and I seen that that was the man. I was fully persuaded. About that time, Andrew, it must have been him that said, Brethren, what about all of us? That day that when we were coming up from the uh, journey and drew nigh unto Samaria, and we was out of our regular course of where we were going, but he said he had need go by Samaria. And the strange thing was, what would him, being a Jew, want to go by to a mixed breed, a Samaritan, which are hated by our people, despised. We have no fellowship with them at all. But yet he wanted to go by Samaria. And he had told us before that he did not do nothing except the Father showed him first. And then when we got there, do you remember, brethren, said Andrew? The peculiarity of his acting then, he would not even go into the city with us and sit down by the public well outside the gate. I said, you go in and buy food. And when we went in and got food and on the road back, you remember he was talking to a, a woman that we know that in the city had a bad name. And he had said to her, bring me a drink. And she said, it's not customary for you Jews to ask Samaritans any favors. We don't have any dealings with each other, for there is a segregation. And he said, but if you knew who you were talking to, 
And you remember, brethren, we all cuddled down in the bush there to see what would take place. Hear what he had said to this outcast prostitute, a woman of ill fame. What would this one that we believe to be the Son of God would say to a woman like that? And he had said he was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. How is he going to do something for her? And why would a young man at his age talking to a prostitute out there by herself? So we just got down in the bushes, you remember, to hear what would be said. And said, he said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink. And I'd bring you water or give you water you don't come here to draw. And the conversation went on. After a while, he said to her, go get your husband and come here. Well, as we looked at one another, her, a woman of that ill fame would not have a husband. And she said, I have no husband. He said, that's true. You've had five, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. And did you notice the expression on her face when she turned quickly? Her big dark eyes shine as she said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. We know when the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, he'll tell us these things. He'll be the God prophet. He'll be the one who'll know the secrets of our hearts. But who are you? Jesus said, I'm he that speaks with you. Do you remember we couldn't get him to eat? She left her water pot and ran into the city. And we could not get him to eat. And he said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. His meat was to do the will of his father that had sent him. And we went out into the city with him. And you remember, all the men of that city, all that was in Samaria, in that city, Cyprus, believed on him. Because he told that woman what her trouble was. They'll rise up in the day of judgment with this generation here and condemn it. Because Jesus is not dead. He's alive forevermore. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He said that the queen of the south would stand in the last days at the judgment and condemn that generation because she came from the utmost parts of the world to hear the discernment of Solomon. And he said, Very I say unto you that one greater than Solomon is here. And tonight in our midst is one greater than Solomon. For it's the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of Jesus Christ, trying to work his way into a people's heart and into a life. The people of the city, so says the Scripture, that they believed on him because of the saying of the woman. And as we cross the nation, as this ministry that he has given me, now it's went into a greater. But the ministry he has given me has been proven over and over and over and over. And people say right died in their theology and won't move an ounce. Amen. Yes, amen. That's exactly right. 
that woman of Samaria will rise in the last days at the judgment and condemn the United States of America for their unbelief of 2,000 years of Bible teaching and still the same God that made the same promise and said it shall be just before the coming of the Son of Man. It'll be like it was in the days of Sodom. The days of Sodom there was a, a great revival went on. One of the modern Billy Grahams went down into Sodom and preached the gospel, had a great time and called out what there was in there, and that was the church natural and carnal. But look what happened to it. Went right on in and formed a great nation called Moab. But Abraham, the elect, there was an angel stopped with him too and performed the very same sign. That Jesus did the sign of the Messiah. He never had seen that Abraham. He was a stranger. The two angels was going on into Sodom. But he sat with his back to the tent. And he said, Abraham, where is your wife Sarah? How did he know that he was married? How did he know he had a wife? How did he know her name was Sarah? Abraham said, she's in the tent behind you. He said, Abraham, I, I, a personal pronoun, I'm going to visit you according to the time of life. This child that you've held on to my promise, I'm going to see that it's born. And Sarah, back behind him, back behind the flap of the tent, kind of sniggered, we'd call it, went in herself. She laughed within her heart. And that angel said, Why did Sarah laugh? Hallelujah. Why did Sarah laugh in the tent behind me? What kind of a telepathy is that? What kind of a sign was that? It was a sign for the people to flee quickly because this thing was going to burn up. Jesus said, As it was in the days of Sodom. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. The same thing. We see the fire in Russia's guns. We see it everywhere. Get out of Sodom as quick as you can and run to the Lord Jesus. For the last hour and full of His mercy has been given. Tomorrow night I want to preach on something of that. Watch. Jesus said that it would be just like that in the last days. When he was here on earth, he performed that sign before the Jews, before the Samaritans, but no Gentiles. Why? The Gentiles wasn't looking for no Messiah. The Jews was looking for a Messiah. The Samaritans was looking for a Messiah. And he came to them and gave them that sign. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Gentiles are looking for a coming Messiah. And the Holy Spirit is here in the church now giving warning of the coming Messiah to the Gentiles. We're in the last days, just at the end of the time. And yet, people does not want to believe it. Many will get right up and walk out when you say anything about it. Then you mean to tell me if the Bible's not right that some men are predestinated to condemnation? The Bible said they were. 
having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof from such turn away. Bible said so. He said the Antichrist would deceive the very elected if it was possible. We're living in a wonderful time. Just before the coming of the Lord Jesus. Oh, as Simon and them pulled on, the devil must have looked down and said, Oh, I see him now. They've gone off without him. Now's my chance. I'll cause a storm to sink them in the bottom of the sea. Now's my opportunity to get rid of all of them. That's just exactly what he says now. That's what I'm afraid is going to be the matter with our church. Here, seeing it's a whole lot the same thing today. We've gone off on a tantrum. How many big fine buildings we can build? How many great big, how well we can make our denomination grow? And we went off without him. And the devil's coming in with his poison winds to start a revival amongst the people saying, don't you breathe that supernatural. There's no such a thing as divine healing. You better go to a psychiatrist and get your mind examined before you become a missionary or a minister. All that kind of nonsense. A poison revival that tries to say that the power of God that operates through the church is a bunch of fanaticism. You know the Bible said this? Jesus said when he was performing them signs there and showing, telling Nathaniel the things that had taken place, those Jews standing there said, that man is Beelzebub. He's a fortune teller. We got his number now. He's reading their minds. He's using mental telepathy. Jesus turned to him and said, I'll forgive you. I, the Son of Man, will forgive you for this. But when the Holy Ghost has come for this age, said, one word against it will never be forgiven in this world nor in the world that is to come. And people don't see it. They got one little straight stretch that the church takes of some kind of theology and they stay right with that. Like I heard Brother David Duplissis say one time. He gets off his subject. He said, I don't stay on the highway all the time because all the preacher, preaching I do and all the people I preach to don't live on the highway. I have to go down the lane to get them. So maybe that's why we have to do it. Go down the lanes or the byways and compel them and force them to come in. If there's anything possible, make it so scorchy to them until they'll have to see it or put on their dark glasses and walk away. Refuse to see it. Make it plain. Prove it. The Scriptures. That's how those brethren were discussing that. They know that he was Jehovah. And Abraham knew that was Jehovah. Now you say he was a man. I know he was a man. But when Abraham, he ought to know it. He talked to him. He called him Lord God. Lord God is Elohim. Lord God Elohim, the great all-sufficient one, the strong one, the almighty, the self-existing one. That's who it was standing there eating the meat of a calf, drinking the milk from a cow, eating butter and cornbread. Uh, God himself proving that in the last days before the world's history would end, that God would manifest himself again in human flesh. Hallelujah. He wants to come into your flesh. He wants to come into my flesh and manifest himself. 
sent his son to die. And he become a propitiation for our sins. And in that he could forgive our sins. That he could cleanse his tabernacle and he could live in us. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. Even more than this shall you do. He is just one. Now his spirit stretched out all around the world. Oh, God can be healing here. can be healing in Africa, healing in Asia, healing all over the world at the same time. Because the Holy Spirit covers the whole earth. God does that. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Then the devil looked down and said, I've got a chance now. They've gone off without him. And if he can just get the Pentecostal church to start thinking more of their buildings and their well-dressed congregations than they do of an old-fashioned prayer meeting and tarrying meetings and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and a godly life and clean up their women and clean up their man, make them live holy and either toll the mark or get out and not put so much on money and buy money and raisins. The first thing you know, you're going to find going off without Christ again. Brother, sister, you remember this. Thus saith the Lord. See, the church better clean up. You're drifting too far out. Come back to the Lord. Come back to real prayer meetings. Little old Methodist preacher friend of mine I brought up here. Laid in that room the other night till three o'clock in the morning. My son went to see him. He's down on the river somewhere praying. He had to get to work. His wife had done got the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Last night, he come through. He liked to tore up the place, run out and got his brother and his sister-in-law, and they got the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, the Methodists are going to get a shaking down in Kentucky in a few days. <clears throat> it's real. God's Holy Spirit. And it's for Methodists, for Baptists. Let me tell you denominational people here of Methodist Presbyterian. When these people here call themselves Pentecost, that don't mean it's an organization. You can't organize Pentecost. You can have a denomination, but Pentecost is an experience for whosoever will let him come. Whether he's Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, black, yellow, brown, or white. Don't make any difference what color he is. How big he is, how little he is, how low he is, how bad she is, doesn't make a bit of difference. It's for whosoever will. It's God's cleansing process for his church. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be educated. There wasn't but one in his whole group ever had any education. That was Paul. And Paul said he had to forget everything he knew to find Christ. God's not known by intellectual powers. God's known by an experience through the Holy Ghost. Peter was an ignorant and unlearned man, but he had to forget all he ever knowed Paul did in order to find Jesus. The devil looked down and said, I got him now. And he began to blow his breath. And when he did, the sea looked like the bottom would come out of it. I imagine his devil sitting on every way. He said, oh, we got him now. We just got him in a sinking place. And when Pentecostal people begin to act, and their churches begin to act the way you're doing, getting a little group of an organization saying, we're against that group. Church of God against assembly. Assembly is against church of God. Oneness against twoness. Twoness against threeness. And whole, all them different nonsenses. See? Just the devil. I've got them separated. That's all. I've got them away from him. You did run well. What hindered you? 
What happened? Your women begin to cut their hair, use manicure all over their face, and, and wear all kinds. What'd your man do? Begin to carry on like everything, telling jokes and some of them very unclean. You begin taking deacons that had two or three wives, all these kind of things. Why was it? You went off on a tantrum without him. Exactly right. You'd have kept him in your midst and went on. But you had to have a little bigger group than the others got. God doesn't dwell in big groups. He dwells in humble hearts. Certainly he does. Of any kind of a group that will receive him. Got a better intellectual. Oh, we must. I've had ministers to say to me, you better go see him because he's an influential man in this city. I don't care if he's a bum in the street so drunk he can't move. He's just as much as a man of the city in the sight of God because it's whosoever will let him come. But we went after somebody else that was a movie star or had some great pulling or, or some tap dancer or a modern jitterbug or whatever you want to call it. God goes to the gutters, go out into the streets and highways and compel them to come in. And remember, that was the last call. The church has gone off without him. You've gone off on tantrums. I'm not against any organization. God give us about a thousand more. I like organizations. I've got the name of fighting them. But that's just because the people that don't know the Spirit of God, I'm not nothing against the organization. I'm not one thing. I'm for them, everyone. I'm with the assemblies, with the Church of God, and with the, the Pentecostal holiness with the oneness, with the united, with the PFJC, all of them. They're all my organizations. I belong to every one of them. But brother, as long as sin is there, I'm going to pound it just as hard as I can with this gospel that I see the dross beat out. But I can see God's great church of God with their arms around one another, forgetting their differences, bearing the sins behind them and going on unto perfection. Rooting out all the Thomases and everything, and I don't care who they are. Amen. That's right. Oil and water won't mix. So when you get all the unbelief away from you, God will come in and go to work in among you. That's right. But until you do that, He won't do it. You're drifting out. Now them disciples in a terrible shape. They were without Jesus. And they were out there in the ocean. But they was following the commandment. Jesus told them to go away. Walk out across the sea. I'm going to pray. And they were following in a line of duty. Now, my brethren, if you hated me a few minutes ago, then wave at me now. You're still following the line of duty as long as you preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost and stay in the way. You're still in the line of duty. Jesus had not gone so far, but what you know what he did? He climbed up the highest mountain there was in that country so he could see all the way across the sea. He had sent him out. He wanted to see when they got in trouble. Be sure if anything happened, well, he'd be there to help them. He'd be, he'd be right on the spot to help them if anything happened. He went away up top of the mountain. He could see all the way across the ocean, all the way across that little sea there. And when he seen the wind was contrary, Satan was blowing his breath against him. And then what happened? Right in their most desperate hour, Jesus come walking to them. Now, God, Jesus has done the same thing. He went so high that he could see all over the world. Where did he go? He climbed the ramparts of Calvary. He was crucified for your sins. 
The blood of his body dripped on the ground. But it, then when they took him off there and buried him, he rose up Easter morning and kept on climbing. Climbing on, on beyond the spheres, the moon, the stars, until he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God in heaven. His eyes on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. He watches you. Went all the way to heaven. To the earth would look more like, uh, maybe not like a dot. Smaller than a smallest star. But he's standing right there like old Mother Eagle and watching everything that you do and know every thought that's in your mind. The thing of it was, when those disciples in an hour of distress, what happened? When they seen him coming, they was scared of him. Now that's exactly what's the matter with the church tonight. You don't know what to say about it. Now this has been about eight or ten years across the field and around the world. They're afraid. They say, could it be, is it possible? Uh, it might be a little funny. I like Brother Brandon, but I'll tell you, I don't know. There's some odd ideas he has. As long as you think that, you might as well stay in your seat. That's right. As far as Brother Branham himself, he's nothing. That's exactly right. But I do represent the true Spirit of God because it comes by the Word and does what the Word says to If you can't believe me, then you believe the gospel I preach. Now you do that. Jesus said the same thing. If it does the works of God, then it is of God. Because no man can do the works of God unless God's with him or in him. Now, I want you to notice something. They was scared. They said that looks like a spook. They said it was a spirit. Sure it was. They thought it was a spirit. That's what it is tonight. They're afraid it's a wrong spirit. They don't know what about it. Say, well, if he belonged to our organization, we'd accept it. <laughs> oh, your poor little organization. Okay. If you don't watch, it'll keep you out of heaven one of these days. You're putting too much dependence in that. Now remember, stay in it, but be a bright, shining light there. Live a life that's above reproach. I don't care what organization you belong to, but don't you lean on that too hard. You lean on the cross. Lean on Jesus is what you want to lean on. I don't like this leaning on cross. I want to lean on Jesus. Overseas, I don't know how many different uh, people's got sensations, you know, and things they want to do. I believe overseas now they got 19 original nails that was in the cross. Everybody wants to wave a nail. This is it. This is it. Somebody's got a piece of the cross. You're not long ago, a pope stood up and had a piece of wood about like that, waved it out, said, this is it. This is it. When I was in Rome, I went out into a church where they take all the monks that die and bury them there till the meat drops off of them and then take their bones and make uh, fingers that hold light bulbs and, and all like that and the bones all around. And the people traveling through there just rub them bones till there. Some of the skulls is sick and there was a statue of St. Peter. So many kissed his toe and rubbed it till they had put two or three feet on that statue. Always touch, rubs. Oh, goodness. Get away from it! God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in the spirit and in the truth. Thy word is the truth. The spirit comes and bears record of the word. And when it comes, you say, oh, it's spooky. Then rub somebody's skull and then say, that looks spooky. See? That's, there you are. See? Go to some holy shrine or some, I was in La Salle Reigns. I, I know it was at the Notre Dame in Paris. There was a woman, some woman died there. And they'd uh, had a, a place there where they were taking, um, rubbing their hands up and down over top of her head. There that she's in a coffin and they, some kind of embalmed, the lady had been, and they, they was rubbing across there said it kept plagues off the city. When the blood of a woman 
oil from a man's hand or anything else takes the place of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, it is a antichrist. And you just remember that. It's antichrist. Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. His blood was shed once for all. He took his own blood and entered into the sanctuary of God and set out at the right hand of God. He's the only mediator. He's the only intercessor. He's the only blood. The only spirit is the Holy Spirit. And I believe it with all that's in me. That's right. Anything substitutionary to that, to me, it's wrong. Any kind of a sensation is wrong. It's got to be the Spirit, and the Spirit in you makes you live the life and perform and do the works of God. If it isn't, if you put a pumpkin vine spirit in a grapevine, it would bear pumpkins. Absolutely. Because it's the fruit of the vine. Because the life that's in it. You put a peach tree, peach tree and take the life out of a peach tree and put it in a sycamore tree, it would bear peaches. Yes, sir. Because it's peach tree life in it. You put the life of Jesus Christ back in the church, you'll stop fussing. You'll be brothers and sisters. You women will let your hair grow out. You'll get away from manicures. You'll turn off these old dirty television programs that ought to be listened to. You'll hurry to get to church every Wednesday night. Prayer meetings will just go on all over the city everywhere. And the church will be one in Christ Jesus. And the glory of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing in great joy. And there shall be a revival break out across the country that would put every credit to the shame. Powers of God will build into the church and Jesus will come and manifest himself in great signs and wonders and gifts. It's just at the last day waiting for his church to get in condition. Amen. Amen. Don't be afraid of it. Accept it. That was their only means of salvation. The devil would have killed him right there. He would have choked him if it hadn't been for that. It looked like a spook to him. Look kind of funny. In the night, the only hope of the church is to get away from their man-made theologies and get back to the Holy Spirit and get the Spirit back in the church and get the church straightened out. It's the only hope of salvation is come back to the Holy Ghost again. Amen. That may be awful strong. My mother, as I said, used to tell me, if anything I hate is cast oil. That's the reason I put examinations going overseas just as far as I can because you have to take it. And it just gags me to death. But she said, anything that don't make you sick don't do you no good. So I guess this kind of helps us, you know. Yes. The Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit is in our midst. He's proving himself with us. He is not dead. He is alive. One time they come to him and said, Master, we would see a sign. He said, a weak and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And if that ain't the generation we're living in, I'll never know it. A wicked and adulterous generation... What we got now, look at the adulteries, look at divorces, divorces, America's divorce cases covers the rest of the world. Certainly they do. It sure does. It's the worst there is in the world, is divorces. Our women is on the loose, running like a bunch of wild pigs. Now that's exactly right. On the loose. What does the judge do? Grant you your divorce. The Bible said, whatsoever God's joined together, let no man put asunder. I do not believe in divorces. No, sir. God puts men, women together and they should live that way the rest of their life. And our Pentecostal people taking them divorced men, living with two or three different women and things and making them deacons in the church and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. It's a disgrace to the name of Jesus. Like I believe it was in India the other day. 
They said, take away your Christianity. We don't want it. We'd like to know Jesus, but we don't want your Christianity. <laughs> it's terrible. While in India, where there's 40 or 50 different kinds of religions, they can make us feel ashamed of ourselves. And the Hottentots in Africa, and one of the tribes, I don't know where Zula Shungai, which it is, is one of the tribes that's so strictly that a woman, before she's married, has to be tested for her virgincy. If she be found guilty, she has to tell the man that's done it, and they're both killed together. There's no night running around that tribe. What if we'd do it in America? Where would you bury them all? There you are. They can tell us morals how to live it, yet we're supposed to be the holy people with the Holy Ghost. Let such Tommy Rod as that run into our church. It's a sin and disgrace. God have mercy on us. Then the Holy Spirit come, move and show his signs, and just walk away as if, well, I guess it was all right. (laughs) Like you're half dead. Believe God. Wake up. Die all the way so he can resurrect again. Don't you believe that's the truth? Amen. This dark hour, great time that we're living. Yes, sir. I don't like to hurt you. God knows that. But what I'm trying to say, these preachers sitting here, hundreds of them perhaps, in the convention, there's church members here. What I want you to do is get back to your church and get to work. We can't do it. We've got to get together. We've got to get to started. Something's got to happen, brother. It's got to a place to where uh, the thing's falling through. Let's get started. You know what's happening? God's raising up out of the Methodists, Presbyterians, Baptists, Lutherans, receiving the Holy Ghost, coming right out. Oh, brother, you watch God's able of these stones to rise, children of Abraham. They see it, look at it, search it in the Scripture. That's the Scripture. I believe it with all my heart. Step right out and receive it. See? Remember, the first crew that started across to the Promised Land failed and died in the wilderness, except the very minority of them. It was a second growth that went over into the promised land. See, all things are patterns. Now, we get so callous. Oh, we're Pentecost. We're holiness. Oh, sure. There you are. See where you get to? You get off into a place that when God begins to move with his spirit, say, ah, ah, we never seen that in our day. Stay away from it, see? Look back and search the scriptures. Jesus said, search the scriptures, for they are they that testify of me. Can't believe me? Believe the words that I say. Can't believe the words that I say? Believe the works that I do. Then you'll have life. They are they that testify of me. Search the scriptures, for they testify in them. You think you got eternal life. You do have it. If you'll obey the scriptures. When the scripture says anything, then obey it. Now, so much. I thought I'd be gone by this time. But I feel just like preaching now. I just kind of changed my mind. But listen, we're here for a prayer service for the sick and the afflicted. Then they cried out, and they were scared. And Jesus spoke and said, Be not afraid. It is I. Don't be afraid. Now, how will we know tonight if it was him? Because he will do the same work that he did. If he's the high priest, Hebrews 4.15 said that Jesus Christ is a high priest right now that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. See? He's making intercessions. Jesus promised in the last days these things would take place. You believed on receiving the Holy Ghost and received it. They believed on Jesus and received him. Was out there in the ocean ready to drown because he wasn't there. When he came up, they got scared of him because he came up in a different form. 
come up in a different way. But it was still Jesus. And if you want to know whether it's him or not, go back and see if the Word says it's him or not. Tested by the Word. The Word testifies of God, and the Word of God testifies for itself. Now, to finish our little drama, those brethren knew, John knew that that was Messiah. He knew it could only be God that could do that. Because why? He had seen in the Scripture that God was the one who made bread and broke it and, plur- and fed two million people overnight. He knew that was God. Peter knew it was God because that he had heard of the Messiah was to be a God prophet. Nathaniel, the same way. The woman at Samaria had been taught. She knows. She said, I know when the Messiah cometh. We all know it here in Samaria. We know when the Messiah cometh. That's the things he'll do. But who are you? Jesus said, I'm he. She wasn't scared. She embraced it. And she went to do something about it. We'll see him riding over a congregation. Do something that's outstanding. Proving it's the same spirit that was upon him. is up on us. And then we'll walk away and say, well, I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> that's what makes the hard part. God be merciful. May it not be so from this hour on. May God help you. May God bless you. May God help me. I'm 50 years old. I haven't got too much longer to be around. According to age, if I preach another 20 years, which I don't believe it'll be 20 years till Jesus comes. Uh, now, let me, let me get that down your eye. Let me correct that. I don't know when he's coming. But the way it looks, it can't go much farther. It can't go much farther. It might be before morning. He may come for us right here in the next minute or two. I don't know when. My heart's going to stop or yours is going to stop. Then we got to go. But however, I'll be the second coming of Christ. It's so close to hand till this 20th century will not run out. Everything happens. God built the world in 6,000 years. 1,000 to be a day, as the Scripture said. Every 2,000 years, something has happened in the world. First 2,000 years, Noah built the ark. Flood came. Second 2,000 years, Christ come. This is 1960. And I'll cut the work short for the elected sake, or there'll be no flesh saved. There you are. So when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head for your redemption's drawing nigh. Just when he'll come, I don't know. But I know one thing. He's here tonight in the form of the Holy Spirit. He's in us to believe. May God help us as we pray for the sick. Let us bow our heads now for prayer. Dear Jesus, I am your servant. Want to be true. After seeing that vision the other morning, I want to be more truer than ever. Knowing this, that I don't know what time you're going to call me, and I'll have to answer you. Now, Father God, by divine gift that has been made manifest world over, I've done the very best that I know how. Now thou hast promised that it would grow greater. I'm so glad that you're manifesting that to us, as we'll see at the end of the week. Now, Father, I pray tonight that you'll grant salvation to every sinner that's here. Grant divine healing to every person that's here that's sick. Give each one that's seeking the Holy Spirit the baptism tonight. Bless every minister, every denomination, every organization, every church, everyone that breathes your name. Lord, may they receive blessings from God. Even if there be some critics here, we pray for them that they'll not be critics. They don't mean to be that way, Father. Forgive them for being critical. They don't mean to be that way. I pray that you'll fill them so with the Holy Ghost that they too will be partners with us in the ministry of this coming of the Lord Jesus. Granted, Father, I, I humbly, not before the people, I'm not talking to them, Father, though I, they hear my voice, but I'm talking to you with sincerity in my heart. 
I pray for every person that would be critical, that you will forgive them and save them, Lord, and give them the works of God to follow their ministry. Grant them. Bless every organization. May there be a revival break out among every one of them, Lord. May their churches grow, their memberships grow, their spiritual power grow. Lord, we are wanting to see one thing, our God in peace. Help us, Father. But be it us, Lord, that we'll not be wishy-washy, we'll not be spineless, we'll not be a bunch of worms, but we'll be man. Man filled with the Holy Ghost like Peter, yet he's ignorant and unlearned. They had to take notice. He'd been with Jesus. Said, who should we listen to? You're God. Oh, God, give us man like that today that'll take the word and preach it and say the Holy Ghost is right and the power of God is right. The coming of Jesus soon is right. And we'll stand on it with gallant granite, Lord. Hear our prayers. Heal the sick now and the afflicted and get glory into thyself. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And may every sinner that's here, Lord, in this service goes into session. May you come and help me. I'll be totally helpless without you helping me. I'm looking for you to do it. Grant it, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. I'm going to ask you all to just remain seated. And where you're standing, be real reverent. I could stand here and preach till what few hairs I've got fall away. I could stand here till they turn gray, or I would sink in the pulpit and die. You could still stand there and say, well, I don't know about that. He preached it, but I'd like to see it work. That's exactly right. If it's God's promise, it will work. If it ever promised God made, it'll work. If you've got faith enough to make it work. Now, now I, I regard you all as, as my friends and my brothers and sisters I expect to spend eternity with in glory. And if you disagree with me on my teaching, that's perfectly all right. But I believe if you'll search your Bible right good, <clears throat> you'll find out it's, it's on the mark. Because first, the angel of the Lord come to me and taught it to me. Then he showed me the Bible where to find it. I've got to find the first man that can down it. And that's been for years. It is, it's the truth. Yes, yes sir. Some great theologians as I've talked to, when it's finally come to showdown, say, we know it's right, but our church would put us out if we accepted that. All right, if you think more of the church than you do of Christ, that's up to you, see. But for me, I stand on the word. In the breach between all denominations, saying we are brothers, we are sisters, let's come and serve the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's, my, that's my objective, that's my motive in doing it, is clean before God. That's all my heart. Now, I believe Billy said he'd give a hundred prayer cards. Is that right, Billy? Was there any certain number or any certain A's? A's. Prayer cards, A's. Now, we're going to pray for every one of you. Might not be able to get them all tonight. We'll do the best we can. Get down the line just as far as we can. All right? Then we'll have to line them up now. And how about you getting down here? You and Gene or some of you or somebody can. Got somebody down there that would help you? Go down there. Brother Sullivan, you take them from that end of the line. And somebody, get down there. Uh, I'm going to see how many line up first. And then I... All right, let's see. Let's have number one. Would you raise up your hand with prayer card number one? Number one? Do I see it? Which one do you want? Which, are, are you sure you... Was, what? Wait, I, I think you give me something wrong. Did you, just, did you start? Oh, I'm sorry. All right, all right, lady. Over here. Number one, come and bring him from over here. I always like him comes to the right because he stands at my right side. See? All right, come over here this way. I hate to bring you around there, but... It's not a superstition. I, every time he ever appears, he's on this side. I want you to meet him before you meet me. <clears throat> number one. Number two. Number two. How many knows that that's not a superstition? That's even scriptural. Amen. Absolutely. Where was the angel standing when Zachariah spoke to him? Or he spoke to Zachariah? All right. 
Number one. Number two. Who's number two? All right, number three. Quickly now, number three. Raise up your hand. Number three, number four. If you can't get up, tell the usher. We'll come get you. Number four. Prayer card number four. One, two, three. Is that number four? Number five. Who has prayer card number five? Come quickly. Prayer card number five. If you'd raise your hands, it'd help us so much. Prayer card number five. Has it stepped out? Did it... Did something happen? Is she gone? Or Oh, I'm sorry. All right, go right. I'm sorry, sir. Number six. Number seven. That's it. That's the way. Number eight. Number nine. Number ten. Now we're coming. Eleven. Eleven, twelve. Twelve, thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Seven. Jesus, the heal you. Raise your hand. All right. Now in the Bible, here's what happened. There was a lady who come into the prayer line. She didn't have no card, we'll say. Jesus was passing through. She had a blood issue. So she touched the border of his garment. And for she said in her heart, she might have had to crawl between their feet till she touched the border of their garment. And said, then when she did that, she felt in her heart that her faith was satisfied that she had been healed. She went back and sat down. And or stood up or whatever she was in the congregation. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? How many remembers that scripture? Sure. Who touched me? Nobody said a word. And he looked around. Why? All the power of the discernment was in him. Now, when she touched the body, I hear for you people, when she touched his body, he was a man. He couldn't have felt it. He's had a garment on. The Palestinian garment has an underneath garment. It hangs, the robe hung free. So she touched the bar of his garment. I couldn't tell it physically if you touched the end of my coat. How about the Palestinian garment that hung way out? They had... Uh, Underneath garment was down close on their feet here because walking along the road, they picked up dust and they got real dusty and dirty. They had an underneath garment. So that robe, she could not have physically have felt it. But she didn't touch him, she touched God. When it, she expressed that she believed that that was the Son of God. She said, no doubt, I believe that man. I don't care what the priest says or anybody else. I believe that man. If I can touch him, I'll be made well. How many knows that's a scripture in the Bible? And it touched God in such a way till Jesus turned around and he said, Who touched me? And Peter got angry with him. He rebuked him. He said, Well, you say such a thing as that? The very audacity. Why, why would you say such a thing as that? Why, everybody's touching me. He said, But I perceive that I've gotten weak. Virtue's gone from me. He looked right over a congregation about like this till he found a little woman. He said, Thy faith has saved thee. Thy, the blood issue's gone. And she come and fell down. Now, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? Now, you do not need a prayer card. The only thing you need is to have faith in God. Now, you out there without your prayer cards, you look this way, and you pray, and you believe with all your heart. That's a handkerchief I'm to pray over. Uh, you uh, pray with all your heart. Say, Lord, Brother Branham don't know me, but you know me. Let me touch your garment and speak to him. Let him call me out here in the audience somewhere. I don't care where you are. And see if it isn't just exactly the same. Then in this prayer line, as far as I see, there's not nobody there that I know in that prayer line. Listen, it would be Brother Rose standing there. And I think he's just helping Billy. How many along that prayer line is strangers to me? Raise up your hands. You know I don't know nothing about you. Look at there. How many out there knows that I know nothing about you? Raise up your hand. There's not a person in my sight outside of Brother Pat and them sitting here that I, that I know in that audience. I can't see a person that I... I, I Brother and sister kid... 
And I know this man sitting here, him and his wife, I can't call his name, this brother here, the missionary. That man sitting there, uh, gosh, oh, that's right, that German name, don't get me, Irishman can't say that name. See? So I know he's a, I've met him and I prayed for him the other day when he was just having such an awful time. And the Lord healed him and come right on to meeting over at Brother Roberts there at Tulsa it was. That's right. Uh, you're the same man, aren't you? See, standing up here, you just have to look and you can't hardly see out there because the lights are shining right down in my face. You can see me, all right, but it's hard to see you. After you get to pass about one or two rows here, I can't see nothing. You're just like dots out in there like, where you're sitting. But now, here stands people that I don't know. There's people out there I don't know. But here's the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, who's raised from the dead. Now, what did Jesus say? How many will admit that we're living in a wicked and adulterous generation? We are. Jesus said that that generation would receive one sign. Is that right? What sign would that be? The resurrection. Is Jonah exactly right, brother? As Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and nights, so the Son of Man must be in the heart of the earth three days and nights. Then what was that sign that they was going to receive? The sign of the resurrection. Is that right? How many will admit that? Then if Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, he, I'll be with you, even in you, and the works that I do shall you do also. Then he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the sign that's given to this generation. I say this in Jesus' name, receive it. Amen. Be not afraid, it's Christ. Embrace it. Have faith. Lord, God of heaven and earth, the hours are creeping along. The night is growing dim. The light of the earth is going out. Soon you'll be here. It's darkness soon and no man can work. There'll be a controlling powers in this country that'll shut up such meetings as this. Soon we won't be able to have this kind of a meeting. It'll finally grow out. You spoke in your Bible that they'd confederate themselves together. You said they would do it, and they will. And there'll come a great shaking amongst the people. And it's only those who are recognized in this great federation will be able to hold meetings. It'll be an intellectual group. The spirit will be pushed off in the minority. But you said, fear not, little flock. It's your father's good will to give you the kingdom. So I pray, Father, that while it's light and we're walking and have this wonderful nation that we're living in, freedom of religion can still pray and still have healing services and serve you. Let the people step into the light while the light is here. I pray that you'll anoint me tonight. Help me, O Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Nine and twenty-one. Nine and twenty-one is missing. Nine and twenty-one. They're not in the line. All right, they come in. Okay, that's half the star cost is getting late. Now, how many sure that never was in one of these meetings before? Let's see your hand. Just look at there. Now. How many in here that never was here before, one of our meetings, that ever read St. John 4, the woman at the well, when she met the Lord Jesus? Let's see your hands if you've never been here before. All right. Now, if he's the same Jesus, here's the same picture, a panoramic. The well is here of everlasting life. I believe that. Here's a woman that i never seen, and perhaps she's never seen me. We, she raised her hand. She didn't know me, and I don't know her. Now, if he is the same Christ, he'll know her. If he's the same Christ, he knows me. And if he does the same thing here that he did in St. John 4, how many of you newcomers will receive him and believe it with all your heart? Raise up your hand. If the same thing. Now, here's this lady and I, never seen one another in her life. 
We are, that's way I might have looked out on the congregation, saw her. She might have looked up the pulpit and saw me, but we're strangers, aren't we, ladies? We're total strangers. I don't know her. Never seen her. Now, if she's sick, I couldn't heal her. God's already did that, you see. I just, now, Jesus is standing here with this suit on, that he had Brother Palmer out there somewhere, and Sister Palmer to give it to me. Now, if he was standing here wearing this suit, and would say, and this woman would walk up and say, Lord Jesus, I need healing. You know what he'd say to her? I did that when I died for you at Calvary. See? But then, how would she know that with Jesus? Because he had nail prints in his hand? No. Anybody could have nail prints in their hand. No, no. There have been many fake that. But the real Jesus would have a... The real spirit of Jesus would be in him, and he would do the same things that he did to prove that he was the Messiah. Is that right? And what was the sign of the Messiah? The God prophet. That's right. Now, you understand? Not me now. So you can get it close. I am a man, a sinner saved by grace. The least among you. That's right. But it's his spirit. Now, if I can just let myself like these microphones. Their microphones are completely a mute unless somebody's speaking into them or some noise. There's got to be vibration of waves to go through it. The same thing here. I don't know her. She don't know me. If anything takes place, it'll have to be some other vibration of waves, won't it? Have to be the Holy Spirit. It's the only thing it could be. Now, sister, just to speak to you. Now, if the Lord Jesus, if I could go over here and lay hands on you after preaching the way I have and say, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them believe. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That's the truth. You could go off the platform saying, praise the Lord. I believe I'm going to get well. That's right. You could do that. But now, what if he stands here and tells you what you have been? Then if he knows what you have been and then tells you what you will be, you certainly, if that's true, you know whether that's true or not. Then you can believe that. Is that right, audience? If he can tell you what you have been, or what you're here for, or something just like the woman was there, well, all understanding now? May the Lord grant it. I just speak to you because I've been preaching, and, and just see if he would tell me. If he will, you'll accept him. Yeah. Would it help your faith? Will it help you to believe? Will it help the audience to believe? May the God of heaven grant it. Now, if the audience can still hear my voice, the lady... There's something wrong with her that comes more like a chronic case because I see her under a tent or an oxygen tent or something or other. She has to breathe from an oxygen tent. It's an allergy. That's exactly right. There is a, a man with you. It's your husband. He's here now. And he's on your heart. Do you believe that God can tell me what's wrong with your husband? You believe it? All right. Your husband is suffering. There's something wrong with his eyes. And he's also got a blood condition that's caused by complication <laughs> of things. That's thus saith the Lord. You believe that? Now, ask the woman if that was right. I don't know what I said. The only thing, I, that wasn't me. That was him. I know nothing about it. That was him. Or you said, uh, the only way I'll ever know is by these tapes. But, now you say, well, maybe you guessed. Wait a minute, we'll find out. We'll find out. Just stop just a minute. I want to ask you something. Just stand there a minute. You're a fine person. You are a Christian. Yes, I hear something rattling. It's an oxygen tent. Something about an oxygen tent. Yeah, and a man, your husband, and he wanted to come up here. 
But you only, only had one prayer card. If you didn't know which one to take it, you're him. So you come up and yourself. Now he's going to be healed too, both of you. And you're... That's right. Now that's just happened the last few minutes. And here's another thing that you might know. If you, you believe me to be his prophet yes. or his servant, yes. without a shadow of doubt, no. you know that something's around you, don't you? You know that something's anointing here. Really sweet and humble. Yes. That's right. You're, you're not from here. No. You come from away from here. Yes. You're from Canada, yes. Ontario. Yes. You believe God knows who you are? Yes. If I tell you who you are but the Holy Spirit will help you, Miss Butner, yes. go back and be well. Jesus Christ, please. <laughs> You believe on the Lord Jesus? Have faith in God. It's all over, brother. Just believe it now. We are strangers to one another. Now that ought to settle it for the whole group of you. Does that confirm that I'm preaching the truth? How would God let me tell something wrong and stand up with my very message? These things are only to indicate a divine vindication that my theology is right. Exactly right. The word of the Lord came to the prophets. You believe that with all your heart? I don't know you. Jesus knows you. You're a very fine person and you're not here for yourself. You're here for someone else. It's your daughter. You believe God can tell me what her trouble is? It's in her spine. That's true. That's right. Raise up your hand. Now you believe? With all your heart? I remember that almost kills me. You don't realize what that does to you. Just a moment. She's a lovely person. Let's speak to her again. Now, whatever it was, I do not know. Let's see again. Just, just be praying. Just, just be asking. Every word I told you was right. It was right. It's, yes, I see it's a girl with something in her back. Spine trouble. That's right. And you, there's somebody else. I see a man up here. A man is shattered for death. It's a man you're praying for. He's got cancer. That's right. You believe God knows who you are? Yes, If I tell you, would it help you? Heart, Miss Glasgow, go ahead home and be well. Jesus Christ, make you well. Believe in God. Have faith in God. You, you believe with all your heart? Have faith in God. You believe? We're strangers to one another. If I didn't say nothing to you, you just passed through and laid hands on. You know that something here, uh, ever who it is was taking pictures, uh, please don't anymore. See, the Holy Spirit's a light. I'm watching it right here, and I see that flash now. And I, I, I can't get it, you see. I can't catch the spirit. It moves from me. All right? Now, that's, um, I lost it just, then, just a minute. Now, is this the patient? You're the patient? All right. If God will reveal to me what your trouble is, will you believe me to be his servant? Veracost veins. You believe he can heal them? Yes. You got something else you're very much worried about? That's right. If I'll tell you what it is through the Holy Spirit, will you believe it's Christ standing here doing that? You will? Now, something happened in the audience just then. There's a different person appeared here. See? Somebody believed right, a whole lot just then. What you crying about, lady? It was you. All right? You think that bowel trouble's going to leave now? There's a tumor. That's right. It was. I don't know you. You believe with all your heart? God bless you. 
There's a lady sitting right next to you who's believing with all her heart, too. Uh-huh. I don't know you, lady, but you, you, you know God and you believe Him. If I can tell you what your trouble is, will you believe me? You're suffering with a heart trouble. That's right. It's a hole in your heart. You've just come from a hospital. You're from Middletown. You believe God knows you? And read. Believe with all your heart now and go home and be well. Have faith in God. You believe God? What did she touch? See how that faith pulls out right off the audience here? It's your faith that does it. I've never seen those people. Now you have faith out there. I want to ask you something. What did she touch? She can't touch me. She's, she's 30 feet from me or 40. But what did she touch? She was bleeding with all her heart and praying. And she touched the high priest. I'm not the high priest. He is. But he, he ain't got no lips but mine and yours. He only has hands as he can use mine and yours. You just believe somewhere like that the same thing. Let's see. Was this a patient? Has he already told you what your trouble was? You believe if he hasn't. All right. Yes. They're called veins. And you got a lump in your breast. That's right. You believe with all your heart? I go home and be well. Jesus Christ make you well. You believe with all your heart, everybody? Have faith now. Don't doubt. How do you do? We're strangers to each other, so far as I know. Is that right? All right. That little lady sitting there, looking at me, praying for her husband. He's in Canada. You believe that God can tell me what's his trouble? Got diabetes and lung trouble. Believe with all your heart now. Have faith in God. Do you believe God? Oh, God. Great Jehovah. How can you doubt? I challenge your faith in Christ's name to believe that I've told you the truth. You believe God can tell me your trouble? The audience is just keeps, something keeps moving. Be reverent, be quiet, real quiet. These people praying. Keeps coming from this way. There's a lot of faith in the building tonight. If you just keep believing. Let's see, this is a patient. I'm not beside myself. I'm just, you don't need trying to explain it. You can't. See, there's no way of trying to explain it. You just have to believe it. You can't explain God. You know God by faith. Oh, it's some kind of spell in your hand. Epilepsy. I want to tell you something happened. When you was a little girl, you got a fall and caused that. When you was a little girl. Been bothering you a long time. You believe God will heal you? You're not from here. You're from the South. Mississippi. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. You believe God? If I tell you who he was, would it help you? Miss Sledge, I go home and be well. Jesus Christ, make you well. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Just have faith in God. Now, we're strangers to one another, sir. God knows us both. Now, 
If the Lord Jesus still remains Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he'll know you, know all about you. I don't. He does. Will all you believe that out there now? I don't know the man. You're from away from here. You've come to the meeting from somewhere else. Virginia, have faith. You're wanting deliverance from something. That's right, isn't it? Smoking. Smoking cigarettes. Say, a minister should get away from that. You're wanting deliverance. You know it's wrong. Mr. Snodgrass, Reverend Mr. Snodgrass from Virginia. That's your name? Come here. You believe me to be God's prophet? Yes, sir. Hand me your hand. I cast that evil thing away from you as a child of God. May it leave you and never come back again. Go on your road believing out and never take another in the rest of your life. Have faith in God. You believe your back got well while you were sitting there? Your back got well while you were sitting there? You believe it? And go just rejoicing, saying, thank you, Lord. This little lady just held up her hand right there just at that time. You got something on your mind, haven't you, lady? You're praying for your son. That's where it's coming from. Have faith. If you believe with all your heart, God will give you the desire of your heart. What do you believe that? What if I didn't say one thing to you? Would you believe it? Would you believe it's healed? You are. God bless you. Just go on your own. What if I didn't say nothing to you? Just lay hands on you. That's the main thing with you, isn't it? Come here. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Amen. That's how simple. A lady sitting right behind here. Little black-headed woman with a white-looking coat on. Looking around to the lady sitting next to her. With arthritis there, believe with all your heart, God will make you well. You believe it with all your heart, and you can have it. That's right. Let you raise up your hand there. There. That's it. Stand up on your feet. That's it. Stand up. There you are. Go on home. Be healed. Jesus Christ makes you well. You too, sister. Believe with all your heart. Go and may the Lord Jesus make you well. All right. Come. Very small for that. You believe that anemic condition will leave and it'll be well? God can give you a transfusion from Calvary. You believe that? Go and you can receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Believe now with all your heart. Heart trouble, stomach, oh my. You believe God will make it well? Go and believe with all your heart and get well. How many out there believes with all your heart now? How many is in condition that you believe that God will make you well? Do you believe with all your heart? Are you ready to receive your healing? How many believes it's the Holy Spirit? I want to see your hands. How many believes it's the Holy Spirit? With all your heart? With all that's in you? Now I'm going to challenge your faith right now to do something. What do you think? What do you think? Do you all believe it's the Holy Spirit? How many knows that that's exactly the same sermon I preached tonight of Jesus Christ? How many believe it inside and out? Raise up your hands. All that will accept Jesus as their healer right now, I don't care what's wrong with you, how crippled you are, nothing about it. If you'll accept Jesus as your healer, stand up to your feet and raise up your hands and praise Him for healing you. And you can have your healing right now. Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I cast away this evil spirit, cast away the powers of the devil, and may they go home and be well in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 